Hello everybody, this is Chris from CSSTricks.com with screencast number 16 here, where as promised we're going to kind of go back in time and do a prequel of the last series I did, which was on converting a, a Photoshop document to an HTML and CSS website. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to go back in time and uh, before the, the Photoshop document was even created and recreate it from scratch in Photoshop. So no... CSS coding this time. This is going to be an all Photoshop episode. So uh, somebody requested it. I thought it was going to be a pretty good idea. So if you have any opinions as to how this is going or if you like these or don't like them, let me know and we can kind of do more or less of them as we see fit here. So this is also like the fourth time I've had to record this. Um, I've just had some terrible problems with getting corrupted and sound problems and stuff. So I'm going to attempt to shoot this whole thing in one take. So bear with me here if this isn't quite as smooth <coughs> as other ones have been or whatever if I ramble a little bit. Uh, I'm going to pop open here the Photoshop file for what we've been working on this whole time. Uh, should be familiar with it from now. I think it was, what was it, uh, 12, 13, and 14 or something were, were the episodes that we were dealing with that. So, <coughs> and as you'll notice, I've screwed this up. You can <laughs> well, let me fire this up. But uh, uh, in the layers palette over here, there's only one background layer. At some point here, I screwed this up and flattened the image and <coughs> saved over it. So it's a good thing that we are recreating this because I kind of need it because I kind of screwed it up. So this is going to be a good reference for us, but we are going to be having to recreate this from scratch. Uh, but I also noticed, I had a little epiphany about this, and that I'm running a Mac, running Leopard, running Time Machine, and backing up to a hard drive. So, uh, in an <coughs> awesome twist of fate, I can open this window and click onto the Time Machine icon, which will fire up this the magical Time Machine thing. And I noticed that this file was last modified on April 17th. So I can just click these arrows here and go back in time, and my idea was to find one with a modified date of prior to April 17th, which was this one on April 4th, which I, I hope is before I screwed it up. So I can click that and hit the restore button and come back into the finder, and it's going to ask me, do I want to write over that one that I already have or keep, keep the original or keep both or what? I'm just going to say keep both just to be safe. So that's the original, and this is the new one that it restored on April 4th, and I can double-click that open, and lo and behold, it is the layered, it's the same version, There's it looks the same, but it's b before I screwed it up and saved over it flattened, so all the layers, very nice, very cool Mac feature, so <laughs> back up, it's important. Anyway, we're going to be starting from scratch here, so what we're going to need to make a document that's the exact same size as this document which is sort of some arbitrary pixel dimensions here, 781 by 536. Uh, uh, I need, I, <laughs> we, we ended up making a miniaturized version of the CSS Tricks website, if you remember. And it's just because I needed, it was easier space-wise to just m make a smaller version so you could see everything that I'm doing. We're going to continue with that and just kind of use some arbitrary size here and not think too heavily about that. If you're really creating a new, brand new Photoshop document for a website, you need to put a little more thought into pixel dimensions. I'm just warning you that we're not going to do that today. So, let's see what what was it like 780 by 530 or something like that. 
that seems to fit on our page pretty well here. <coughs> so let's make it even a little smaller, <coughs> just because that's going, we're having a little horizontal scroll there. So a little smaller, even. That's about right. <coughs> so let's start from the ground up and, and get that texture going right away. So let's just fill it. Uh, by pressing option delete you can fill the layer that you're on with uh, uh, the foreground color so I just filled it with black it doesn't really matter because we're going to be working with layer styles and applying a pattern via layer style so just double clicking on that layer in the layers palette brings up the layer styles palette you can click on pattern overlay which will bring up the default blue crazy alien eggs pattern which is unbelievable that is the default pattern because I can't imagine that's useful to anybody but anyway that's the default but if you click down the pattern drop down here we have all kinds of different patterns that we can choose from so <coughs> let's pick the one I think what I ended up using on CSS tricks was really one of these default ones whichever one it is there it is that one looks pretty close and that's how I got that texture really easy but it's a little too dark I want a little to lighten it up just a little bit. Uh, there's a couple different ways we can do that. One is to throw a color lay over the whole thing and make it white for lightening and then just pull the opacity down. So you can kind of see as I scroll back and forth behind this dialog box, it's getting darker and lighter. That's one way to, uh, it's one way to go. It seems to work okay. Um, but what it's doing there is it's applying a flat color and then you're pulling the opacity down. So it's kind of like a film or a haze over the whole thing and there could be a loss of detail doing it that way so let's not do it that way and do something called a layer adjustment level or a new adjustment layer and we'll choose hue and saturation and all that is fine and then we get the opportunity here to change the hue saturation and lightness so we could use lightness to bring it up a little bit and that's kind of a non-destructive way to do this uh, it's important to note that a hue saturation layer affects every layer beneath it. So because we only just have a background layer, uh, the hue and saturation is only affecting that background layer. They're a little more difficult to use when you start getting a lot of layers and want to, uh, you know, and this is at the top of a whole bunch of layers. It's going to be affecting tons of stuff below it. So, But with only one layer, that seems to work out okay. Let's move right ahead into the main content area. I'll select onto my rounded rectangle tool here down in the toolbar and just draw a rounded rectangle. Uh, that came out black, that color is easy to change, but the first thing I notice here is that the, the, the rounded corners on that rounded rectangle aren't quite rounded enough. They're not as round as what I would like on my own site. So let's delete that layer by dragging it to the trash can and the layers palette. And then we'll notice up here when we have that tool selected, we have the opportunity to set how much we want that radius to be. So let's just call it like 15 pixels instead of nice. It's a lot more rounded. And then if we draw this again, you'll notice that those corners are much more rounded. Nice little thing to know. And we'll make that color white. And then by double clicking on it, that layer, we can bring up the layer styles palette again and apply uh, let's make the shadow kind of come down to the left and just a bigger, larger, more generous shadow. 
So that's our main content area, pretty simple. And we can use, no, now that we know how to draw a rounded rectangle as well, let's bring that radius back down to about 5 pixels and draw in our tabs that we're going to use for navigation. So you notice how it landed up on top. Let's pull it down below the main content area. And already our layers palette is starting to get a little confusing. Let's um, pull up those options there and start naming stuff. That big white box is the main content area. This is tab. Let's grab these two and shift click the folder icon, which will put them into a group, which we can call background, just to keep ourselves organized here. So for the tab, let's give it a little bit of a different look. It also has a drop shadow, uh, much less of one. And let's give it a pattern to just pick a different one here. I'm not trying to get pixel perfect on these tabs, but <coughs> let's just get somewhere like that. We, uh, the little arrow over here closes, visually closes the layer styles affecting it, just keeps things a little cleaner. But Now, if we have our black arrow pointed and we have this tab layer selected, we can option, click, and drag and get a brand new tab without having to do too much work here. So that was pretty sweet. Let's just do it four times. Now we have four tabs over here in our layers palette. Let's select all of them by shift-clicking the bottom one. And then we get this nice row, kind of like an illustrator with the align palette. We get this nice row of things that we can do uh, to all four of those things at once as far as alignment. So let's click uh, this one. Let's make sure they're top aligned. And I, well, I was I was holding shift as I was option dragging, so it kind of kept them in a row nicely. But just to be sure, it's nice to top align. And then this one aligns the spacing between those objects. So let's distribute their center. Now we're, sh we're certain that all four of these things are evenly spaced. That's spaced out a little bit too far, so let's bump over this far right one a little bit, select all of them again, and align them. And there we go. That looks a lot nicer. Let's move this all, all of this content down a little ways, because we're going to make room for that tab that's coming in. But before we do that, let's make the footer up quick. That's a not a rounded rectangle, but a straight rectangle and just drop it down there like that. Let's put it again underneath the main content and apply it. We're going a little pattern crazy here, but that's just how I roll, I guess, and apply that kind of paper bag texture to it. And then yeah, on our old mock-up, that kind of faded into the other texture and faded out, faded away. To do that, we're going to apply a raster layer mask to it, which is this knocked out white circle on this black rectangle here. So click that and that'll apply a raster mask. And then to get it to fade out, you apply a gradient to that layer mask. The concept of a layer, layer mask is that anything that's black on the layer mask gets hides, you know, what's below it. And anything that's white shows through. So if we use a black to white gradient, we can get that nice subtle fading effect here. So. We're on the layer mask. We have black to white selected. Black and white are our colors here. So, And we can shift, drag, and get that hiding, cool, fade effect for our footer that we need. Uh, notice that the mode here is on normal. That allows us to, every single time we do this, it replaces that layer mask with a brand new gradient here. So we get a chance to do it over and over. If we almost get it perfect, but not quite, something like that, we could we could change this to multiply and do it again and it will it will keep going here. The more I do it, the more it hides. You know, I don't think you understand. So let me uh, back up to before I did all that. 
and put it back on normal and just get one nice straight up here. One thing I should stress while working on stuff like this is to save, save early, save often so you don't lose any of your work. Uh, let's just do that now. Command Shift A is to save as, and we'll just say uh, new mockup. Pretty important stuff there. Now let's get that, let's start working on that header area and that tag shape that I have. That's probably one of the more interesting things about this layout. This is where it came from. It's just a, a, a little tag I found on iStockPhoto.com. So, uh, and what I've already prepared ahead of time is a vector. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a path, a clipping path on this image. I took the pen tool, and I carefully traced outside of it. You know, not like that, but you know, well. <laughs> and I not only traced the outside of it, but I traced the knockouts to this this area in be in between the string and this little eyelet here so what's going to happen is if i option click this that activates the pack if i if i command click it it activates it as a path one quick little note photoshop tip here if i option click this and select it i have a couple options up up here and if i were to have this on let's say add the path area and then where to go to option click it, you'll notice it only selects around the whole outside. But I want, I, I don't want it all selected. I want those knockouts that I drew to really behave like knockouts. So let's deselect, option click it again, and make sure to click this, uh, this last one, exclude overlapping path areas. So <coughs> we'll click onto that, and then when we option or command click it, we'll get those knockouts just like we want. So get it on our black pointer tool and drag it over into our layout and we have our nice looking tab there so it's a little too big for this layout so hitting command p to free transform will allow us to make it a little smaller and we'll position it that looks just about right that works so uh, let's clean up the tab a little bit make it look a little bit more like it did before again with the patterns i think the one i ultimately ended up using i applied some light kind of pattern to it, but just at a really low opacity, just to give it a little bit of papery texture. And I also, just because it looks a little flat like that, it loses some of the thickness and meat that it had before. I applied a, a bit of a bevel and emboss to it. Um, with a, you know, it doesn't have to be much, probably pretty light, and then even knock down these blacks a little bit in the shadows. Just gives it a little bit more thickness to it, a little meatiness to it, so that looks about right, maybe. Um, okay, and it still looks a little flat, though. It's got the meatiness. It's at, it's at a nice angle, but what it really needs is that shadow to really give it the 3D look, so uh, after we get a little organized in here, let's make that shadow. We'll call this the logo tag make a brand new layer by clicking this little page icon and dragging it underneath the logo tag. Okay, now if we if we command click the logo tab, we'll, we'll get a selection of that shape. Now let's click on to layer 2, which we'll call shadow, and then press option delete, which will fill that selected area with the foreground color. So you can't see it now, but if I turn off the logo tag, you'll see that black area. And we'll go up into filter, blur, Gaussian blur, which will get the blurring options. And 5.5 looks about right for a shadow. And we can turn that into 
a shadow looking shape. If we turn this on, it does indeed make a decent looking shadow, but it's flat. It doesn't have the three dimensionality that the, the old mock-up had. So and well one way to get that three dimensionality is to transform that shadow. Pressing Command-T gives us the free transform dialog box and just pull it down. That gives us kind of the that angled three dimensionality look that looks pretty cool. So it, it obviously it's a little too dark. We'll pull down the opacity on that shadow a little bit so it doesn't it's not as overwhelming as it was before. And we have a little bit of this extra shadow from the string that we don't really need. Doesn't look very good. So let's get our eraser out in brush mode with a fairly low opacity and a fairly low hardness so we can just kind of touch at it and not worry about being too strong knock that shadow away a little bit so that's a nice looking tag there all right let's work on the logo part of this thing that asterisk knockout on this tag what we're going to need is to start let's start with a, a real asterisk just select on the type tool and click and we'll get a brand new layer uh, that we can use for our asterisk shift a to create the asterisk uh, and then double clicking on that well i already tried this one so double clicking on that uh, uh, we'll select our asterisk and we can make it bigger uh, we can't see it yet because it's underneath the logo tag. Let's drag it above so we can see it. Let's make it courier because I happen to know that's the, the font that produces that nice asterisk that we are using. And just make it big. So there we go. It looks, again, flat. like mm, Not like it's really laying on this tag. So one of the ways I would adjust and make it look like it's really laying on the tag is good. To go to transform and distort so I get the free I can grab some handles and drag it around and make it look a little more three-dimensional I can't do that because it's type so I'm going to rasterize it first uh, there may be other ways to do this keeping it vector and all that but this is just kind of the quick and dirty way to do it now if we go to edit transform uh, distort is available to us so we can kind of play with these handles and attempt to get it to look a little bit more like it belongs on this tag. So this isn't super great. I'm sure you'll do. Oops, I got rid of. I guess the option clicking here. You can change between the different transform techniques. Uh, this doesn't look super great, but it looks a little bit more like it's laying on there. Anyway, you'll do a better job than that. But okay. So, but the, the theory here is then then you uh, command click on it and get that shape and come back to our logo hab and hit delete to get rid of that area and if I deselect and turn off this layer you'll see this kind of uh, uh, the knockout effect here you can see the texture and the shadow below and a little bit of the texture without the shadow peeking out up here so that's kind of the theory there definitely spend more time on any techniques like this and make it look better than I did but that's the theory and yeah, we can finish out this header by just uh, some website. Uh, we, we don't have to go too much into talking about how to deal with Helvetica. D about dealing with type in Photoshop. You know, click, alter text. Not too difficult of a thing to do. Um, but this is going to get us 90% back to where we were before and into the start of, of number podcast or screencast 13 or whatever when we opened this up and started slicing it apart. If you want to know how we did the tabs in the different states, definitely I think it was in the second one that we started dealing with the tabs. 
um, in the different states and the different looks in Photoshop. We came back into Photoshop and did that, so I'm not going to cover that here. But but this is just about there. We added a little copyright down here, but that's about it. This is all it takes to to create that that Photoshop mock-up. So uh, let me know what you think about this kind of thing. We can definitely cover more Photoshop te techniques in more in-depth ways if you're interested in that kind of thing. So let me know. Uh, during the week, you can always go to therealcss-tricks.com for more articles and stuff during the week. There's a download section now where you can check out that stuff. There's forums if you have any trouble with any of these techniques or have any questions. We have a good community going here uh, and where you can ask your questions and get answers from me and other people in the CSS community. And as always, this is a perfect opportunity to mention our awesome sponsor, PSD to HTML, who d does exactly this. They, <laughs> we've just created a Photoshop mockup. If you're better at the Photoshop kind of thing, and that that was boring to you, that was easy, obvious stuff. Uh, and and what's hard for you is the CSS and HTML, the coding part. Well, the, this company is perfect for you. Then create the Photoshop mockup send it to them and they'll send you back the coding part they do it fast they do a great job you you know clean code uh, they're great i've used them before and it was it was very successful for me so what they would do in a situation like you know like in the mock-up we just created was uh, they'd take a look at this thing and they might have a few questions about how it's going to behave do you want this website to be centered do you want how do you want the tabs to behave? You know, just some 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 smart questions about things they're going to need to know when they're coding this thing. So you'll have the opportunity to answer them in their little client area, and then you know, then they send it back to you, and uh, you know, money back guarantee if they don't do a good job. So they and they do do a good job. It's great and it's fairly inexpensive. So definitely check out PSD to HTML. Dot com. Until next time, see you later.